1: You're listening to Total Information AM on KMOX, and with Debbie Monterey, I'm Tom Ackerman.
2: Well, joining us for our weekly visit is Brad Young, a partner at Harris, Dowell, Fisher & Young. And of course, you hear him here on KMOX. He is our KMOX legal analyst. And uh, as we start out this segment, Brad, there was an interesting uh, decision, a recent court ruling about public defenders in Missouri. And we're wondering how that affects the defendants. There's been a waiting list for people. If they are convicted of a crime, they can't afford a lawyer. They went on a waiting list. Um, What's the latest status, Brad, and what did that ruling
3: mean? Good morning, Debbie. Yes, a, a judge in Missouri ruled that this whole idea of a waiting list, and when I say waiting list, I mean that when when people are uh, charged with a crime and arrested and they can't afford to hire their own attorney. Of course, we know that the state has to appoint one for those defendants. But what happens if there aren't enough defense attorneys? What happens if the defense attorneys that are available are so overworked that they can't get to these individuals who need their help. So the state established literally a waiting list that you would be put on a waiting list for a public defender. And the court ruled that that's unconstitutional. And, and, And for a very valid reason, because if you think about it, at the very beginning of the case, of any case, whether it's criminal or civil, that's when the most information uh, should be developed, should be investigated, and should be uh, prepared for use at a trial. But if you're put on a waiting list and you have to wait weeks or months to even meet with your attorney, that's vital time uh, that defendants need to build their defense to any criminal charges. So the state rule it's unconstitutional, and even though uh, or the judge ruled it's unconstitutional, but even though the state has made progress in that, uh, the judge ruled it's just not enough.
1: What's going on with Johnson & Johnson? They're back in the news using a declaration of bankruptcy to settle multiple lawsuits. What's happening here?
3: Well, Tom, a, a common tactic by corporations is when they're being sued in these mass tort litigation cases. And of course, the TALC litigation cases against Johnson & Johnson truly originated right here in St. Louis. But one common tactic is corporations will shift the burden of those lawsuits to a separate division of the company and then make that division file for bankruptcy in order to avoid liability for the lawsuits. And that's what Johnson & Johnson was trying to do here. And uh, the bankruptcy judge ruled that this new subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson isn't facing any potential bankruptcy because Johnson and Johnson is worth hundreds of billions of dollars. And so by refusing to allow Johnson and Johnson to use this bankruptcy tactic, they now have to go back to litigating, I believe, up to 40,000 lawsuits involving talcum powder. And and now they don't have that protection of bankruptcy to shield them from this litigation. Wow.
2: So, uh- This obviously will affect, uh, well, will it affect any recent or potentially future cases, or does this kind of bring everything back to exactly the way it was?
3: Well, thousands of these cases, Debbie, have been placed on hold. And and there's one case where a person is uh, literally on hospice care now, and they were told you've got to wait uh, because this this uh, division of Johnson and Johnson is fi- has filed for bankruptcy protection. So now that that bankruptcy protection has been lifted and removed, all of these thousands of cases that have been on hold are now will once again, be actively litigated. And we'll start seeing settlements and judgments. And and a lot of those cases are based right here in St. Louis. And we'll see a lot of news about that in the coming days and weeks.
1: We're seeing more self-driving cars out there, Brad. So the question has come up, who do you blame here uh, if the self-driving car ends up killing someone? Uh, who gets sued?
3: Yeah. And this isn't an academic exercise, Tom. This is a real case. In 2019 in California, an individual was in a Tesla. He was using the self-driving feature. Uh, He crashed uh, and some folks were killed in that uh, automobile accident. And last year he was charged with vehicular manslaughter. And that case is now preparing to go to trial in California. But it sets up this fantastic idea academically of can a person be criminally held responsible for a failure of his or her machine that he was driving and that's never happened before Uh, laws are designed to punish human behavior not uh artificial intelligence behavior and yet that's his defense that he was relying on the car there's been civil liability for this in the past and that's easy to digest but the idea of being held criminally responsible, going to jail because of the failure of your vehicle to drive itself. That's an entirely new area of the law. And this is groundbreaking uh, legal action here to see if people can be held criminally responsible for the acts of their automobiles.
2: So this could be a future case cited by future lawyers. Depending yes, on I, th-
3: this, because we all know that artificial intelligence is the way of the future. We've seen it with chat, GPT, and now Google and Bing is rushing into AI. We've seen it in automobiles where we may see it in planes or trains or other vehicles. And this could be the groundbreaking litigation that determines whether people can be held criminally responsible for the independent acts of artificial intelligence.
2: You know, I saw a TikTok video of... That this person took on a highway. That a car passing them on the left. This woman was uh, in a self-driving Tesla on the highway and appeared to be sleeping. And yes. I know the car's driving itself, but it still freaks me out. And I wonder if that factors in at all. If you know, if you're sleeping and your car hits your self-driving car hits someone, do you think that'll play into any of these types of cases?
3: sure because in that instance uh the the automobile makers debbie tell you you have to be alert and ready to take over control of the vehicle and if, if you're catching 20 winks behind the wheel that's clearly negligence and uh and to me that's a clearer issue than if you're awake and you're ready but the car simply is involved in an accident before you can react is that truly criminal negligence we don't know but we should know very soon from this case in california
1: Brad Young, we always appreciate the contribution. Thank you for your expertise, KMOX Legal Analysts. Have a great day.
3: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Tom